following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns, Billy Derrick, and Michael Sender. And now, here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. Kind of a cloudy, overcast Wednesday in Nashville, Tennessee. We got a good show for you. A lot of things to cover. Let's say hello to the smiling face as we get this started of Coach Watson Brown. Watson, it is so good to have you back. And thank you for uh, getting the dress code right. Oh, yes. I wanted to dress like my idol. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I got Billy to tell me what you had on, so I wanted to, to be able to match you today. Uh-huh. I know you missed me yesterday. Do I? Since you didn't see my face for a day, do I look younger today than I? I, I was just thinking that. Yeah, I bet you. And he looks youthful. And the hair looks a lot blonder too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's getting pretty blonde. <laughs> Good for you. Hold on, we got a lot of good stuff before all this is over. Let's check in with Terry McCormick. He's got new equipment at his broadcast location. Terry, that is so exciting. Yes, it is. Thanks to Dave Gould for making that happen. Yeah. So, okay, today was talk to Ryan Tannehill Day. What did he tell you? Well, he said that basically it's going to be whether or not he can play with pain and protect himself. That's going to be the big issue uh, as to whether or not he's going to be able to make his return to the lineup and play Sunday night when they go to Kansas City. Uh, he did uh, some limited work in practice today, but in fairness, today's practice was a glorified walkthrough in a lot of aspects. So there wasn't a lot of uh, hard-nosed uh, hitting and things like that going on in today's work. Terry, what did he tell you about the illness, or did he tell you anything? He told us that uh, he was asked about the illness, and he said that, you know, obviously it was no fun to go through, but he said that even if he hadn't had the illness, the ankle would not have been strong enough or well enough for him to be able to protect himself and play Sunday in Houston. So they kind of knew going in, it sounds like that Malik Willis was going to be their guy against the Texans. Terry, then did it get worse after the Sunday two weeks ago when he went back in the game? Well, you got to remember too, George, when you go back in a game in a situation like that, you're playing on a lot of adrenaline there. The adrenaline's flowing. They tape it up. Maybe it doesn't feel as bad, but then the next day, everything kind of comes crashing down. So I think that probably is 
what happened in that situation. He was out there, wanted to finish the game, finish what he started, lead the Titans to the win, which he did. And then uh, once, once he came in on Monday for treatment, I think they realized how serious it was. Okay, take me where else are we going? Well, George, we got a uh, couple places we can go here. Uh, one, Elijah Molden is back from the uh, at least on the practice field. He's not been activated, but he's been activated into his window to see if he can come back from injured reserve and be restored to the roster. The guess is here that they that he probably does, and that could be some good news because Amani Hooker was a no go today because of a left shoulder injury. So. Uh, have to monitor Hooker's status and also Molden's status to see which one or both might be available Sunday night. It would appear to me, Terry, they need all hands on deck because unlike Houston, uh, which couldn't walk and chew gum offensively, Kansas City can, and they will throw it all over the place. And that that presents totally different challenge than what the Titans have been facing over the last month. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that's one of those things where they're going to have to be able to, uh, you know, keep the Chiefs kind of in check. I mean, I know that's difficult to do, but they're going to have to as best they can, maybe force a turnover or two because offensively there's no way that they can keep up. So they're going to have to rely on the defense to try and keep the Chiefs in check as much as possible. Okay. Any last piece of excitement? Well, there was a comment from Jeffrey Simmons in a story in The Athletic saying that something to the effect, basically, that the Titans told him that they want to keep him, that uh, you know he's very important to them, but they don't know how they're going to pay him because I guess they're kind of strapped cap-wise, and obviously they can exercise the fifth-year option and have him again next year, but uh, they want to keep him long-term if at all possible, and I think that's uh, – a, a big issue to monitor as we go through the offseason. Why are they that strapped? I've asked this before. What what exactly is their cap deal? I think they have a, right now about a million and a half, million six, I think is what I was told that they have to operate with under the cap, which is not a lot of money. Uh, now, of course, we're into the middle of the season, so they've had to replace players and sign players off the street and you know, add guys here and there that with that cuts into the cap. So it'll be interesting to see what that cap situation looks like once the season's over. And then, of course, you know, there'll be some guys who'll be cap casualties and things like that. Some guys who will be gone from the roster because they're free agents and their contracts are up. So, but it'll be interesting to see what they do to try to navigate this. Well, isn't the first place Ryan Tannehill to try to get him to restructure? I would think that that would be one of the places. The other place would be if they're ready to move on from Taylor Lewan because he's due about, I think, 14-plus million uh, next year. Yeah, that seems like it's likely, doesn't it? Yes, I think that uh, is more likely than not to happen. Okay, good stuff. Try to find a new baseball team, one that can make it to the World Series. And uh, if you can – oh, Lord. Really? Sorry, George. You're proud of that? <laughs> well, not as much as I have been in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, talk to you soon. All right, see you. Watson, that was so, so, well, you know what?
Let, let's go to the update first, and then we'll ask Watson about it. Yeah, that was the Daily Titans update sponsored by the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. They are Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. Also, don't forget about Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and also online at SumnerFuneral.com. All right, let's get to today's. Well, hold, hold on a second. Watson, what about the jersey? I thought it was very appropriate. I mean, did you? You can't you can't get on him. I mean, the Braves didn't go any further than the Yankees did. No, they didn't. So I'd say it's touche both ways. I call it a draw. Not Boy. much room to talk there, George. Not much room to talk. You can't go on, well, we're still the net, we're still the world champions. Well, at this moment, we are. Better enjoy it. It looks like it ain't going to be but a couple of more days. Maybe 48 hours. It may be 48 hours. And then one of your arch rivals is the world champion. Uh, could be. Yeah. Tony. Tony's going to have a lot to say. Tony's a happy camper right uh, now. Tony's having some fun. Any the, the balls and the Phillies? Good gracious. Yeah. Mm. He's having a good year. He's he having sure a good year. We're going to have a good update. Let's let's get to the first piece here. Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder has hired Bank of America to explore a possible sale, a uh, sell rather, of the uh, Commanders. Right now, they're valued at five point six billion by Forbes. But George and Watson, a, a sale could value the Commanders as high as seven billion. A source close to the matter said. So, we'll see. Well, first of all, um, if this comes to pass. God bless whoever has forced him out. Watson, my first thought here is that at the owner's meeting, they told him either get rid of this team or we are going to get rid of you. I don't know. I, 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 I'd, I'd like to know what was said, but there's also a point where you're taking everybody on. I, I just get out of this, move on with my life. I'm not taking up for him, but – it can be a two-way street on this deal now. He may have had enough, and they hadn't won. He hadn't tasted it, much of anything, and and uh, he may be ready to get some money out of this and head in a different direction himself. Either way, it's best for the oh, for God. everybody. It's best yeah. for everybody. The Redskins fans deserve so much better than him. Commanders. Oh, Commanders, whatever. George. Whatever. Come on. George, you can't say that anymore. Redskins. You've got to have a little proper etiquette here. You cannot say that anymore. I know. Watson, I don't want this to happen, but what's he going to do if if the Braves' name goes away? Oh, he may kill himself. We may be going to his funeral. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's roll here through uh, Kansas. Well, hold on. I'm not finished. Okay. What else you got here, George? There's also the possibility that all he's doing is creating sort of this distraction to sell minority ownership because he's talked about that. But I, I just have a feeling, Watson, that at the owners' meetings, he was told, first of all, publicly by Ursay, but perhaps privately by others, we've had about enough of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't. I don't know. I I just don't know. I don't think the meeting could have been uh, 
real warm either way. So I would say he walked out there saying one way or the other, he kind of waved and said, see y'all. And they said, don't let the door hit you in the butt. Yeah. He cleaned that up a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. What do we got? Next piece here, George, Kansas has self-imposed a four-game suspension for head coach Bill Self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend to begin this season. Uh, The school announced earlier today, uh, here's what you need to know about it. The sanctions stem from the program's 2017 NCAA case. Uh, Assistant coach Norm Roberts will step in as interim head coach, and Kansas also loses three total scholarships over the next three years. So, this isn't uh, this isn't a small deal yeah, here. Whoop de doo. Please slap on the wrist. Come Give on, four games off the Queen Mary. Four <laughs> games, and these guys don't sign their full scholarship loads anyway. All they need is about eight dudes. They're not going out and signing fifteen or thirteen or whatever it is a scholarship a year. That's that's laughable. Four game suspension in December when they play nobody. I mean. <laughs> It don't matter if they do play somebody. That's that's a slap on the wrist. So not Have a, you seen not a the list deal. of who they play? Probably, uh, probably school for the blind is in there. Incarnate Word or somebody like that. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> it's uh, th- there is one tough game in there. It seems like Duke is in there, but the other three, not exactly. Yeah, top he may he may not want to be the one that has the record with Duke anyway. Yeah. He might want to miss that one. You right. never know. Okay, more basketball. Louisville uh, announced in August that Chris Mack was suspended for the first six games of the 2021 season and would forfeit $221,000 in salary. Dino Gaudio, another assistant, was sentenced to one year of probation and a $10,000 fine. So that will be solved somewhat tomorrow? Well, in theory, yes. And what will be interesting is to see if the NCAA comes down on old Tricky Ricky up there at Iona. Uh, Because I think given that he is – because a lot of this is under Patino. It's not all Chris Mack and and Dino Gaudio. They got the scraps. Yeah. Okay. Let's roll through here, George. Lane Kiffin is apparently not interested in Auburn. Yeah, whatever. He said Deion Sanders would be a good fit, though. <laughs> yeah, that's called passing the buck. I, I've, I've never thought he'd go. Okay, but let really? me ask you this. Uh-uh. Are uh-huh. you 100% off of this going? He's not going to Auburn. I'm not going to say that because I'm telling you, Auburn will throw as much money as it takes to get who they want because they're going to copy Alabama. That's what Alabama did with Nick Saban. Auburn will do the same. But I just think he thinks right now that hard, that job's hard. Personally, knowing Lane's ego, I would bet you he's waiting on a better job. He'll keep rolling at Ole Miss and and hit one that he thinks is one of them top dog jobs. He's waiting on Alabama to open up. No, I don't know about that. I don't think Lane would be dumb enough to follow Nick. I don't know about that. (laughs) Too far. Let me me ask this question, Watson. Is there any shot here for urban renewal? (laughs) Oh, there's always shot for urban renewal. I mean, I'm sure his bags are packed and they're just waiting to be put on a truck. Uh, I don't I mean, know. If all that matters is winning, is he not the best candidate? 
for the college game, like I say, the pro stuff don't seem to bother you. Yeah, there were it. some personal things in the pro thing this yeah, time, though. It got a little that that would have gotten up there with the Hugh Freeze deal. <laughs> so there, there's some similarities and some things that went down. He didn't come off looking like a humanitarian. Uh, no, and he didn't look like a great dancer when he was in that little restaurant with whatever girl he was with. <laughs> so, uh, do you think he enters into the mix at Auburn? He'll enter somewhere. I don't know if he would go to Auburn. I'm not sure that he'd think that's the best thing for him to jump back into. Right. He's won two national championships. So, I think – I still believe he'll hang around for a while. He's still young enough. He and Lane are going to wait on the big ones. I don't think either one of those go to Auburn. I don't think Auburn is that good a job right now, guys. They oh, had trouble either. the last go around. Oh, absolutely. They had trouble the last go around. That when they hired Brian Arson. So I, I'm telling you, they suck talk big names. I, I, I think they'll keep bullying around with Hugh Freeze. That's what I think. And I don't know right. that Hugh would go. I don't think it'll look good if he does go. But no, I don't. Know yeah, if he, but that's I, never stopped him. I don't think that's going to bother Hugh in the least. So I'll bet you they keep. That's the one they keep hanging around. Keep throwing another million on him. Okay, what about nine million? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but would you admit that if you're the new AD at Auburn, what you heard today out of this SEC conference call, that wouldn't deter you at all. That would be a whatever, I, you know, let's talk. Yeah, no, I don't. No, no I, I agree with you on that. Unless the guy calls collect. <laughs> you know, I wonder how many of a younger audience even know. I don't. I don't know. It is a gimmick existed. I don't Billy, know. this would have been how you would have called your mom and dad in the old days. It would have been Mister and Mrs. Derrick. Billy doesn't even know what collect is, does he? In other words, the call would be paid for by them. You would. But they be have to them. accept. It they have to accept. You can it. talk to them. And you're sitting there listening to them whether they accept it or not. <laughs> right. It's real. You are. It Will you be. accept this call from Billy <laughs> Derrick? And your ridiculous. parents say, no. I remember my dad had about a two-minute debate over it. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does he want? <laughs> okay. I know we're late to the break. Uh, when we come back, uh, Billy earlier today taught up, caught up with Vanderbilt football coach Clark Lee. They've got South Carolina this Saturday night after the Tennessee-Georgia game. Vandy, South Carolina is at 6.30. And then we're going to talk about why Watson has said it is so important for Vandy to get an SEC win because there's more to it than just what you know on the surface. We'll explain all of this when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television.
Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Still gets my blood flowing, George. Does it? Yeah. You know the words to it? No, I can't. I'm not good at that now, but. Really? Yeah. I I still like listening to that. Okay. Well, you're first going to have to listen to this. (laughs) Vandy and South Carolina play 
Saturday night at 6.30 uh, over at uh, whatever it is, First Bank Stadium, Dudley Field, um, whatever the case. Earlier today, Billy Derrick caught up with Commodore head coach Clark Lee. We got the South Carolina Gamecocks coming to West End on Saturday. It's a 6.30 kick on the SEC Network. Finally got a night game uh, here, yeah. here at, uh, at, in Nashville. Coach, I want to start before we get into the details of the game, of course, salute to service game. Um, just a few names, George McIntyre, Watson Brown, Whit Taylor, Kurt Page, Norman Jordan, Alma Matthews, Rob Monaco, Jim Arnold, and, and so many others are going to be honored, uh, obviously, at halftime and throughout the day. What does it mean for, for, for you guys to honor the 1982 team, but so many other former Commodores that really set the foundation for, for what you guys have here? It means a lot. And, um, you know, obviously it's not lost on us what that 82 team was able to accomplish. Um, and, you know, what's cool to me is a lot of those guys I've built relationships with in this role. And part of the mission here is obviously to build a program that sustains winning and, and, um, and lifts to the top of the, the league. Um, I think a, a parallel mission is to build the Vanderbilt community out. and to make sure that former players know that this is their home and um, that their investment here means something to us. And anytime we have a chance to bring a team back and honor a team, and have a team around us, um, we, we enjoy that. Coach, uh, taking a look back at the Missouri game a couple weeks ago, uh, obviously some good, some bad. How do you take that loss, learn from the mistakes, but also you know, look at the growth uh, that, that you guys were able to, to, to see and, and kind of learn from that as well? Yeah, I mean it's hard when you don't get the result. It's it's painful, um, and so you have to you have to move through the emotion to to really find the the things that showed up that um, that you want to build upon, and then those things that showed up that we need to continue to eradicate from the program. It, it's it's um, this team is capable of a winning performance. Um, we have to we can't wait around for evidence of that, you know. And I think in games where we sit back and wait and see, you know, um, whether or not we're capable. We don't have enough time to close the gap in the end, and that's what happened against Missouri. I, I felt like um, early on we were having trouble getting going offensively. We had some penalties that set us back. We, you know, we uh, missed on some one-on-one -on -one plays. We weren't able quite to get the shot. But it's okay to play a game where you're punting the ball back and forth. That's just an SEC battle. That's okay. Uh, defensively. You know, we weren't able to build to the stop on the, on the first series, but, um, you know, we do a nice job getting them to a third down and then give up an explosive touchdown, and that's about tackling and pursuit. That's not about Missouri. That's about Vanderbilt. Those are the things, to me, they're indicative of a team that's still allowing the result to happen to us rather than taking control of what we control and, um, and steering towards a result. <clears throat> um, obviously, we have an opportunity there at the end of the game to execute in the middle eight, or excuse me, at the end of the first half to execute in the middle eight. Um, and we drive it down and throw the interception, which is, which is a, a tough lesson to learn. Um, hold, hold them on the return possession to three, and it's 17 nothing at halftime. Um, you know, coming out of half, it was about, um, you know, the defense uh, not allowing another point. I thought they rose to the challenge and, and then went beyond. We played up to our potential in the second half of that game, and we did what we needed to do defensively to position our team for a win. Um, offensively, you know, I felt like we were still waiting for something good to happen, and 
you know, it finally did when we got the ball on a hitch to Gamarion and he was able to take it 80 yards. We're capable of that. And so offensively, rather than to get frustrated with punting the ball, get frustrated with the lack of explosive plays, you build to those explosive. You understand the body punches over time add up and that we're capable of, of one strike touchdowns. And um, I know that's a lot to unpack, but ultimately for me, it's, you know, we want to build on the defensive performance. We want to step onto the field with belief before evidence offensively and just know that we have the tools we need to get done what we need to get done. It's about, um, you know, stepping into that belief every uh, snap and, and making it happen. Coach, heading into game week uh, with, with uh, South Carolina, a question, frequent question I'm sure you've gotten is the, the status of A.J. Swan. Uh, what can you tell us? Anything new there? Uh, how's he feeling uh, for Saturday? Everything's headed in the right direction. I mean, he's been able to practice now um, today and yesterday without issue. Always am hesitant to, to make promises just because we need to get through the week. But, um, you know, my expectation is that he'll play, and at this point, I would say that's probable. Coach, how big of a difference does um, two weeks make, especially this being the second bye week? So you get two weeks to prepare for a home SEC opponent. As a coach, you guys look at that differently? Does that make a difference, or you know, does that, uh, you know, is that just the same as a normal game week? No, I mean, you, there's a balance. I think you can spend too much time in preparation for the opponent, and I, I think there can be burnout involved in that, and I've experienced that through my career. Um, so you want, you want to spend enough time to where you feel like by the time the ball's teed up on Saturday, we have a good idea of, of who they are and what they want to do. As important as, as you're spending time tightening your own systems and learning about yourself. And we certainly wanted to do that um, over, over the last um, stretch and certainly last week while we had the time um, in our practice. So it's, it's kind of reviewing the, the plays that have been, um, you know, that hurt us through the season it's making sure we practice those because in the end, that's what South Carolina is looking at, and they're gonna, there's gonna be some copy and paste involved, just like there is every week, where, you know, we need to make sure we shore up those areas that we've that we've surrendered big plays on or that we've had issues with offensively. Um, it's about developing our personnel and, and exploring ways, new ways we can use players that maybe haven't contributed yet, um, and then it's about focusing on the opponent. And again, the goal there being that. By the time we're playing Saturday, our guys are able to anticipate and get themselves in good positions, knowing how the opponent's going to attack us. Coach, you mentioned the copy and paste. It does feel a lot similar to the, the, the Missouri game, at least heading into it from the outside. South Carolina, a team that, uh, of course, struggled last week against Missouri. So, uh, of course, there's some parallels there. So, heading into this game with the Gamecocks, what kind of challenges do they present, uh, both offensively but also defensively, for your offense to prepare for? Well, they're, they're explosive in all three phases. So I, I would actually start um, with them talking about their special teams. They've, they've had success in the return game. They've um, broken games open in the return game. They've um, blocked punts. You know, um, that's a signature. This team plays really well on special teams. They're well coached uh, and they create plays. So we're going to have to show up and not just match them, but we're going to have to create plays for ourselves on teams, and that's going to be really important in dictating the outcome of the game. Offensively, it's a team that has um, the ability to be explosive. They have a good quarterback. They have a really good running back, uh, perhaps you know the best that we've faced all year. And so, um, you know, playing within the structure, making sure we get the run game bottled up, 
And then in the pass game, it's about, you know, how do we get pressure on the quarterback to shorten the down? Um, how do we make sure we're in coverage and we have the vertical shots capped? I mean, those are basic fundamental and foundational things, but, you know, in the moment, it's got to be detailed early so we can be aggressive late. When we've taken that formula into performance, we've had success. Um, you know, when we haven't, obviously we've surrendered big play touchdowns and had trouble making stops. So this team is capable, uh, South Carolina is. Obviously, the more we focus on us and what we do, um, you know, the, 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 the more success we'll find. And then um, their defense has also been very disruptive. So if you look at um, the games they've won in our conference, it's been about turnovers. It's been about explosive plays. Um, and uh, we, we need to make sure that we have ball security on offense. We need to make sure we're attacking the ball on defense. And, you know, that, that turnover margin in this game will go a long way in, 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 um, in guiding us towards a result. All that's left now is that the rain stays away, right, Coach? Hopefully the rain stays away. I'd like, I'd like a night game kickoff where we don't have weather, but I'm not in control of that. <laughs> Same so. here. I think Vandy fans would agree. Uh, bring your poncho if you, uh, if you might need it for Saturday, Coach. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Great to be with you. Okay. Um, about 10 days ago when Vandy and South Carolina played, the SEC Network put a, uh, a stat up there that absolutely floored me. And yet, I don't know why it floored me because I've lived through a lot of this. Uh, it's stunning. It's embarrassing. And let's show it. Um, Didn't know we were going right away with that, George. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll work on getting that one up. Okay. Um, what you're going to see in a minute are the six longest Southeastern Conference losing streaks against SEC opponents. How have you done inside the league? And it is, it's pretty stunning. Now, you may never see it, but I think we're going to here in just a minute. I threw Billy a curveball. Um, but Watson, after we see it, what it really speaks to is how important it is that they get this monkey off their back before this goes much longer. Now, Swanee is even before I was born. I was a student for losing streak number two, so clearly uh, my role as a student didn't help them at all. Number five is when I was Vandy's announcer. That clearly didn't help them at all. And you can beat this around all you want. Over the 35, 40 years that I've been in the, the sports talk business, the question has been, is the school committed to winning football? And the answer has been an emphatic no. You don't put those kind of pathetic numbers up there if you're truly a school that's committed. Now, are they committed at the moment? I hope so. I'm a little slow to, to say, oh, yeah, I see it. I know it. They're committed. Watson, this is embarrassing. Yeah, it's tough, uh, George. Um, I, I can talk about this because I was part of two, not these. One of these is offensive coordinator. We broke it in 1981 when we beat Ole Miss down at, at Oxford. I was part of it when I was head coach and AD at Rice when we broke a 30-something game 
streak and beat TCU at home. And then uh, they tear the goalpost down at such an exciting time. And uh, my president says, we can't let them tear the goalpost down. We can't afford to put it up. Then we go to Texas Tech the next week and knock them off after breaking the string. And they, the students come back into the stadium and tear down the other goalpost. So I had to fix two. What I'm getting at is it's a big deal. When you get it off your back, everybody is just relieved. And, and like I say, I've been there having to try to break those strings twice. Once, once at Vanderbilt, when I went as offensive coordinator in 1981, that was the first year I was there. And then we went from that, George, to the, to the 82 team, which is being honored the next, I mean, this weekend. Yeah. It wouldn't happen if we don't win that game, I don't think. In 81, it got the monkey off of our back. And that's why I'm just pulling so far. You remember about six weeks ago, you asked me about it. I said, if they can get this string broke, that will be a big deal this year in itself. And uh, I think this weekend is one of those great opportunities they're going to have to break it. Uh, but it's, it's really hard. When I was with those teams, that 81 team, George, we knock off Maryland and, and we're rolling. And then I think we lose five or six straight before we beat Ole Miss. We hadn't won another game since the opening game of the year when we went to Oxford and beat them that day. And uh, it, it's hard. And I just hope and pray that Clark can get it done this year. I just hate to see it carry over for him into next season. Yeah, because that's a, that, that's a little bit of a big old anchor. No it's, it's so much more than people think it is. I'm yeah. telling you, it eats on your team. It eats on your fans. It, it's tough. It is really tough. I had never seen this stat until two weeks ago when the SEC Network trotted it out. I, I've lived through – numbers two through five and I had I'll admit I I was stunned when I saw it I was like this is bad bad yeah I was part I was I was part of the one that ended number two yeah uh and then I of course I was gone and the rest of those I wasn't around it don't matter when it was or even if it's 18 to 31 I mean it's tough when it starts on you it's tough uh, I just, I just got my fingers crossed and you just need a break. You need to play well one day when the other team don't, but cause it, it just eats on you as the game goes on. Could this be the day? Could this be the day? I, I look back at 81 when you told me this and we had some games where we were pretty close, Yeah, but we didn't win. We didn't win. I can tell you when I was head coach, I can't tell you how many, I think, Somebody told me I had 26 games that were less than a touchdown that we lost, uh, a touchdown or less. I See, don't I don't think wrong. Well, I don't it's think tough, in, George. In this one that they're in right now, I don't think five of the 25 have been close. No, this is a string that's been pretty rough. Yeah. This string has been pretty rough. I don't know the 76 to 81, the big 33. I don't even remember it. I wasn't around. I was, I was at other schools and came back to Vanderbilt, but we, I can, I can remember the 95 to 98. I can remember the 2000 to 2003. I can remember those. Um, I I don't know. I, 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 I'm surprised that Mississippi state was six and had a 21 game. And that was when I was playing at Vanderbilt. So yeah, that would have been, 
I didn't realize Mississippi State was that tough. I don't think we played them but once in that in my time. After the break, college football these days is an offensive game, but we're going to turn it around. I saw a stat earlier today that I've got to share with all of you, courtesy of The Athletic. We will do that, and it will get your attention as well. When we come back, this is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williams counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. 
providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. We are full of college stats today. You're going to see one here in a minute that will get your attention. But, Billy, lay the one on us that you threw on me during the break. This, this is amazing. Yeah, I actually, I lost it, George, but I the I remember the <laughs> well, numbers. that's a big help. I remember the numbers. The, the Tennessee-Georgia game is the most expensive college football game on record. The get-in price, uh, I think, was around 500 30 bucks, something like that. Cheapest get in price. And the most expensive was over 5,000. So that was just tweeted out by front office sports. It's a record. Not, um, not surprised. Probably deserving. I think, I think it's definitely deserving. I mean, two border states going at each other with ridiculously good fan bases. And I um, think a big reason why is because this Tennessee team is is playing in it. Obviously, Georgia is the reigning national champs, but Tennessee has taken control of college football. Watson, don't you think the other thing is that there are a lot of people out there who maybe don't care one way or the other about Tennessee who like this team because they're fun? Yeah, they're fun and they play good. They, Tennessee has not played a bad game all year and won. They've won all their games, but they've played good in winning. They haven't have they have not had a bad game, and uh, that's unusual because we all kind of go up and down sometimes. And as teams, no matter how, been on good teams and bad teams, but there's they've been very consistent and as consistent as I've seen anybody be in years. And so, and it's new. It's it's a new offense, and it, winning is new. Tennessee hasn't tasted that in so long. It's a little bit, George, the same that we were just talking about with the string with Vanderbilt on the other end. You get the taste in that winning again, and everybody goes crazy. Just like I said, when we knocked off TCU, then they take our goalpost down, then we go to Texas Tech and knock them off two-game winning streak, and they tear the other one down. It, it gets contagious, and I think that's what's happening in Knoxville. It is contagious. And I think it's rubbing off on the kids. Oh, I, I, listen, I think it does both ways. I think yeah. um, when when you start finding ways to win, you keep finding ways to win. Vandy had a shot in the final drive of the game at Missouri. I would contend those kids had no clue how to win. And that's not Clark Lee's fault. He's inherited this issue from the Derrick uh, Mason administration. Yeah, those kids had no clue how to win. Yeah, I'll say it a little different. I'll, I'll give you coach talk. I think they know how to win. I think Clark's teaching them how to win. I don't think they believe yet. Because look at the difference, George, when we've lost five or six straight in 1981. 
And we go in, and honestly, Ole Miss helped us. And now I can remember the game. And <laughs> we got some help that day. Yeah. But we won the game. Later in the year, we nearly knocked Tennessee off, 38-34. And honestly, still this day, I say we got taken from us with a bad call late in the game. But then the next year, I mean, we haven't really done anything. And the next year, it goes nuts. We start beating everybody, and it all started with that Ole Miss win, I think getting really close to Tennessee. And I think, best I remember, that offense like broke 55 records, Vanderbilt all-time records in that season. How's that happen? You start believing. You start believing, and you got a bunch of winners on it. So I'll say Clark's teaching them right. They know what it takes to win. They just got to believe it to finish one of these. And maybe it's this weekend. Okay. The Athletic put out a stat earlier, and I've sort of taken it and run with it. And what they have done is put out um, – well, th they went one through 131. I took what are – I think I'm right – the 12 worst defenses in college football – they use something, you're wondering what that percentage thing is. I, I'm going to read straight out of this because I, I had never really heard this. Stop rate. The percentage of a defensive's drives that end in punts, turnovers, or turnovers on downs. What's the percentage of stops that you get? Yeah. Okay. According to that, Charlotte, which has already fired Will Healy, has the worst defense in college football. West Virginia, which came close to TCU but didn't pull it off Saturday. They, according to this, have the second worst offense. Arizona State has already uh, gotten rid of Herm Edwards. Here's the one that just, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Florida? Are you kidding? Yeah, and this is big in football today, George. This, this wasn't even discussed back in, well, we just been talking about the early 80s. It wasn't even discussed back then. And, uh, you know, time of possession, turnovers, but stop rate. I think it's big with these spread offenses up and down the field, fast pace. They're going to get yards on you. It stops. How can you get them? Can you get them? One play, blitz them, get them in second and long, and all of a sudden now you get them in third and long and you get a stop. That's what this is all about. And uh, it is a big stat, in my personal opinion now, in college football. Isn't what we really have at the moment arena football where, you know, this team scores, this team scores. If you can get one stop, man, you're gold. I mean, that's at times what it feels like. Yeah, it, it, the, what's really done it, it is they changed the rules in the, I'm going to say, late 70s, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. where the offensive linemen got freer with their hands and it wasn't holding. You used to have to block. I don't know if you can see me, but you, you had to have your hands together. Can you imagine trying to block some of these dudes in today's world and you can't use your hands? Well, when that started, all of a sudden now these offenses 
even some of us in the 80s started doing it. And then now, George, everybody, everybody's spread out all over the field. Everybody's in the gun. There was no gun back in the 80s. There was none. Nobody was. I wish I'd thought of it, but I didn't. There was no gun. And uh, and so things are harder to stop, in my personal opinion. You now have to defend the whole field when in the 80s, a lot of these offenses were stopped the tailback, you know, and it, it was like stopping the Titans and trying to or whatever. So these defenses now know they're going to give up yards. And so it's all about how many times did we get them stopped and they didn't score and we gave the ball back to our offense. It's as big a stat now, in my opinion, as turnovers are. Now, fans will tell you they love this, these 52-49s. Do you think there's a point where we need to get it back to the middle where 28-24 is more the norm? Give me a thought or two on that. I don't think it'll ever happen. The NFL is trying to still put in rules to make the offenses better. I don't think we'll ever go back. I, I think that it'll catch up a little, the scoring, because everybody now is doing a lot of the things that some of these guys were doing, like Chip Kelly or Rich Rodriguez or, you know, back in, in the day. It'll catch up, but I don't think the fast pace, I don't think the scoring will ever go back down into the teens. I think it'll stay in the high 20s up into the 40s because that's what the fans like, George. The One of the toughest, you go ask any college football coach in the world, what's the toughest offense to stop? Wishbone. It'll be said by nearly every one of them. But it's a boring offense. Yes, it is. It's a boring offense, and 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 people had to leave it because in today's world, when these people can do a lot of things instead of just coming to your football game, they can watch it on TV, they can go watch the Preds, they can go watch somebody else play, they can watch the Titans overcoming to Vanderbilt. You buy one set of season tickets, which ones you gonna buy? Nowadays, to me, you gotta win and be exciting doing it. It's a shame it's come to that, but I don't think it'll ever go back. Okay, after the break, We'll get into stat of the day. Then our buddy Mark McGee will join us to talk about the slumping, let me take it a step further, nosediving Nashville Predators who have suddenly taken on a level of water that none of us saw coming. Plenty more coming on the show. Do not go away. This is Main Street Media Television.
Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 subspecialized physicians. Our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several Iron Mike pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Stat of the Day, powered by John English Antique Sports and Cards, as well as Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can reach John English over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. You can also visit them on the web at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, don't forget about Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. All right, let's get to today's stat of the day. George, you get Watson's help today. Mm, thank you. That's you got it yesterday. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it. Hey, come on now. He gets on I'm because I don't give that. effort. When I give effort, I need to at least get credit for it. You did have Watson's help yesterday. I apologize for that. George and Watson, here it is. So far this season, Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than six other wide receiver units. 
Can you name those six teams that Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we'll get one. Oh, uh, the Titans, be your Tennessee Titans. Just go ahead and give us your little applause. Yeah, the applause thing. Okay, Watson. Let's um, let's think about teams that. What about the Commanders? Hmm, wow. Okay. Hold on here. Let, let's think this through. Let's not give him the opportunity. Well, he did. Why did he do that? Well, because he enjoys it. <laughs> I mean, if well, I do it, y'all we decide. Yeah, but George wants it when when they get when y'all get one right. But when you get one wrong, you don't want it. Well, that's part of dealing. Uh, with that's us. a good point. Y'all are there, both really? front runners. Okay, Watson. I would assume, <laughs> given the amount of trouble they've had, wouldn't we go with Denver? Wouldn't Denver be one of them? I know the Giants are one of them. Um, yep. Oh. Giants are one of them. Watson, what about Denver? I'd say Denver. Denver. Nope. Uh, well. Dang God. So you got you got two of them right now. So, Titans yeah, we got two. and Giants. Titans and Giants. Um, Got to go again, George, quickly. AFC. Uh, what about the Jets? That one, that one, we're both in there. J E T S. Uh, whatever. Damn. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Dang. I don't think that's what you said. Yeah, it is. Was it? You just, it gets, it gets muttered up here in court where you can't understand. Yes, it does. Okay. Let, let's, let's, you and I toss out some teams here Jets, Buffalo. Oh, it ain't okay. Buffalo. They might get no, in the I game. New England. Well, okay, and it's uh, not we Miami. Discussing it's not that the Dolphins, he's on the Dolphins. <laughs> All right, so oh, we got to go at our own league, our own division here. For God's okay. sake, it'd have to be the Texans, right? Yeah. Congrats. Not the Colts. Is it? Uh, I don't think it's Jags. Do you? Uh. Well, who is it they're throwing to? Uh, Bears. Bears have got to be there, Watson, don't they? Yes, Bears. That's four. Two more. Who is on the other AFC here? We've been through. Have we done the AFC? Denver, we got all three of them. KC, Oakland. Um, it ain't Oakland. Baltimore. Cleveland. It's Vegas, by the way. It ain't Oakland. You, you yeah. got Baltimore's one of them. That's five. Baltimore's one of them? Yep. Really? That's actually shocking. What What? what uh, is it NFC or AFC, Billy? NFC. Watson, I never thought I'd say this. Could it be the Saints? Yeah, could be. Let's go with them. All right, so Saints' final answer? Yeah. It was the Falcons. Uh, Falcons? I thought about them. Yeah, most of their stuff's to the tight end, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Okay, so. That was wow. pretty That was that was pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. That was, that was a pretty good round. It was okay. But there's better stuff coming. Yes, there is, George. It's the 5 o'clock hour. We got Mark McGee coming up talking a little Preds, but first – few words here on MTBJ. Middle Tennessee Bone & Joint, they combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service 
with a family atmosphere, whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement, MTBJ has the staff training and equipment that you need to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Visit them on the web at mtbj.net for more info. Okay, as most of you know, since the Predators got back into the United States after a very successful trip overseas, they have proceeded to poop the bed. They have lost seven of their last eight. And frankly, in a lot of them, including last night, they haven't been very competitive. So as we bring Mark McGee in for discussion this week, Mark, are they considering getting rid of John Hines? Oh, I think there's I think there's whispers getting a little louder about that right now. You got to do something to shake this team up. I mean, you didn't play glorious before I came on. You should play disastrous instead of glorious because I mean it's been disastrous. It's doomed despair and agony on on the Predators right now. Uh, so I, yeah, I think you know if this keeps on going, this is a, this is a, this was the first of a five game road trip. And it's not going to get any easier. Calgary's coming up Thursday night. Uh, so, you know, it's, they've got to turn this thing around on the road. If they don't, I don't know that Hines makes it back as far as uh, still as the head coach. They might ask him just to stay out on the West Coast or something after it's over with. Uh, but uh, it, they've, they've got to shake it up somehow. And unfortunately, that's the easiest way to do it. That's the easiest way to do it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I just don't know anything else. To, right now, I just don't know. Some people are talking, you know, a, a, maybe it's time for a total rebuild of this team. I don't know whether Predators fans are going to be happy about that. And right now, with the way the, 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 the way they're paying, how much they're paying players, I don't know that's a really viable approach either. So, uh, you know, Haas has been questioned a lot, you know, about – the players he's using, Eli Tolvanen is a is a healthy scratch. And against Edmonton, it's Cody Glass, and Eli Tolvanen is back on the on the ice. And, and Eli Tolvanen started out great in, in the Czech Republic, and and uh, against the San Jose team that's very not very good at all. Uh, but he he started out pretty strong and came back over here and was playing pretty good for a while. But Eli Tolvanen has never come close to being the type of player. Everybody hoped he would be or thought he would be. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, so I, I just don't know what happens there. But, you know, Cody Glass was out as a, as a healthy scratch last night. How they switched that around. Um, there have been a lot of complaints about maybe Philip Thomasino needs to be up here playing in the Predators uniform instead of the Milwaukee Admirals uniform. And the Admirals are doing really well. I think they won three in a row down there, I mean, up there in Milwaukee. So, uh, you know, but maybe Thomasino needs to be back. Uh, Something to shake it up. They've got to do something to shake this team up. Mark, isn't there also the consideration that in the NHL, it's all about gate receipts, and nothing will stop ticket sales worse than laying this kind of a you-know-what in the punch bowl this early in the season? And isn't that one of the reasons that you have to think something's going to happen soon if something doesn't change? Well, I know so the night, uh, the St. Louis game especially, there was a late arriving crowd for a while. I thought, are, they, are people going to show up for this game? It was kind of like a Vanderbilt football game, but no offense, Watson. But people were you know, coming in late. You know, it was a late arriving crowd. My row, I think I was only, I was only three people on it for quite some time. They kind of halfway filled up before the game was over. There were still a lot of empty seats. And you know, I think that, you know, there, there was a lot of demand 
um, I think Washington says, oh, there's a lot of somebody mentioned, oh, there's a lot of demand for people to sell tickets. And, and, uh, and if you've got to have a competitive team, I don't care what you're doing to make people come out and see you play. So season ticket holders, those of us that are there most nights. Yeah. We've all got series. And and in the season ticket world, we all share them. People start complaining about things, too many penalties, too much this, too much that. Your theory means more than mine does because you've covered hockey closer. What is your theory as to what is going on? They forgot that most teams are getting better because they've got good skaters and skillful skaters. This uh, Heinz has built this. Heinz, you know, we talk about Heinz and his philosophy. Heinz' philosophy is to have a physical team that plays tough in the middle and gets the puck through the middle of the ice. But you know, after that, who knows? I mean, they, they just don't have the, uh, other teams like you know. You look look west of the Colorado Avalanche and some other teams that have really gone after skillful skilled players who also can skate and skate fast. Look how fast Avalanche and some teams were against the Predators last year. It was incredible, the difference in the two. And, and until that shift takes place, this team is not going – I mean, it's, it might still be a playoff team, but it's not going to be more than a wild card team and maybe hang in there for a first series or second series. They've got to, to, to make some personnel changes – from that standpoint before, you know, not maybe not this season, but next season for sure. Did we overestimate this, whether it was because of the two wins overseas or the excitement of some good free agent signings? Did we miss this bad on this team? Well, I think there was excitement with the free agent signings. Ron McDonald McDonald was a great steal from the Tampa Bay Lightning because the only reason Tampa Bay got rid of him was because of the salary cap. Uh, Niederreiter was a great addition. Now he thought he scored on the power play last night, and they were they were two for two on the power play last night. Johansson also, Ron Johansson also got one. So that was a kind of a promising thing on the road to be two for two on the power play. But uh, Niederreiter has been kind of quiet until last night after starting out pretty hot. Uh, I never got really excited about the San Jose games because San Jose's not very good. And, and so I was, you know, I just really didn't, I, I couldn't get too pumped about those two games. And I, don't, I didn't think that really gave us an indication much of what the team was going to be like. Uh, you know, I didn't think it was going to be this bad when they came back. But, you know, you got a lot of players last year that had career years. And they've all come back down to earth right now. And, you know, so I don't know what that means exactly. You know, UC Saros is playing on, on top, you know, is playing great. But, you know, it's not enough. Of course, last night, seven goals. But, you know, it's not enough to, to uh, you know, he's got to, he's got to, uh, you know, he can't do it all. Watson, say hello to Gee. Gee, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, George stole my thunder because I'm just going to ask this straight out. What's the problem? I'm not good enough hockey guy to get real specific in questions, but I see two things that scare me. I don't see speed. That's what I'm we, And we and we look kind of old in places. Well that's pretty that's pretty observable, Watson. That's pretty observable because we're talking about speed a second ago. And yeah, and they are getting there are some veteran players there that maybe are getting a little bit 
a little bit uh, long in the tooth from that standpoint. But Hines likes veteran players. He's going to talk about Barry Trotz liking an older player. Uh, Hines does too. And, you know, he's not quite as patient with his younger players as he is his veteran players. He's got a lot of veteran. He's got some veteran players, not a lot. He's got some veteran players who aren't exactly carrying the weight right now. And he's, and instead of maybe shaking that up a little bit, he is you know, messing around with some of the, some of the younger guys and not giving them much of a chance to kind of uh, expand their abilities. Is it, is it fair to blame all this on Hines? Because I thought there's some guys that we way overpaid that hadn't come through. And then we kind of get caught with them and we can't do anything with them. We well, got just, them. Imagine we I mean, Magistrate I wonder if that's not what's getting us a little bit right now is some of the guys we kind of overpaid that haven't come through for us. And now the team is paying for it. Is well, that possible? Matt DeShane came through last year. He was overpaid, and, and it, it, the last year he comes up has a career year to most, for most extent. Uh, Forsberg has a career year. He gets a big contract. It, but you know, So uh, Roman Yossi had a career year. Uh, so, I mean, you had some guys. Uh, McCarron had a career year, I think. So you, you, look at, you look at all that and you go like, even those four guys having career years, <laughs> they still were just a wild card team. So, yeah, you know, so, so can you expect can you expect those four can you expect four years uh, four or five more players this year? Not so far. Yeah. It's not happening. You got everything. Everybody's pretty much down to earth right now. It's just there. Nobody's really sparking this team. Well, I, I, one more thing about talent. I, I just the worst thing to me is this have is the problem is we've gotten. We're not good enough anymore. We've gotten too old. We got to re regroup and start over again. That's the worst thing you can say because that takes time. But is that kind of where we are? And when would that decision be made? And you just well, start getting rid of people. A lot of people are saying that the rebuild. Maybe it's time to start rebuilding this team. And and, and like it, it takes patience, both from a both from a, uh, from a team standpoint and definitely from a fan standpoint, you've got that happening with the Chicago Blackhawks right now. They're going through a rebuild that's painful. They got rid of a lot of high price talent uh, in the off season. And, uh, you know, a lot of people question some of that, but they, they, they decided to dump some of the older players that were making a lot of money uh, in lieu of getting some younger players in who hopefully make it them a better team, make them a faster team, make them a more skillful team. And that's what you got to do right now. You've got to get; they've got to become a more skillful team. And like I said, you go, you watch the Colorado Avalanche uh, and the Live and some other teams uh, like them, and you go like, man, they're so much faster than the Predators are. And it's, you know, and that's that, the that's what team. I see as a fan. I don't know yeah. the sport well. well that's what you, that's what everybody sees. I mean, yeah. that's that's you know, just as a fan. You, I mean, anybody that's watching hockey can tell that. I mean, just just, just the you know, the speed of the game. It's, it's, it's always been a key, but you know you had some teams that are really, really doing outstanding jobs from a from a from a speed, getting some speed in, getting some skill players in, and that's what that's maybe I want to rebuild. You know, David Paul didn't like the word rebuild last year. He talked about you know retooling or whatever. But it might be time to do a heavy retooling. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shane has I a hope not. I hope not. I, I, yeah. I do. Well, I I George, my last question to Mark, and then you can have him again, is the only thing I don't like right now, and maybe tell me if I'm wrong, 
I don't hear any players upset at what's going on. I don't hear it? anybody coming out and saying, we got to get this going, man. We can't. We, we better get it stopped fast here. I hear it kind of from the coach, but I don't hear it from players. Yeah. Are there players saying things that I'm not reading or then that's, that's not good to me. That's no. that is we've got a lot of older guys that ought to be the ones being the leaders speaking up. And I just see everybody. Oh, well, we got beat again. So be it. I, that scares me. Nobody's calling anybody out. Even Hines is not calling anybody out as far as as far as play goes. I mean, he's making some changes and he's making a lot of lineup changes with a lot of people are criticizing. He's moving people around. He did that last year too, and he's starting to do that this year as well. And I don't think that's a great way to find consistency on the team is to move players around from line to line and from place to place. And that's, and that's what he's doing right now. Is that a desperation thing? I don't know. It seems like it is to some extent. But uh, um, it's it's there's – They've got to come up with – like you say, somebody's got to step forward and say, we really stink right now, and it's time you know, it's time to go on. I think you, know, the, 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 you hear the people – the players are upset and they're disheartened and, you know, whatever. But, you know, get, they need to get mad. It's yeah. one mad dog meme yeah. and, go, and, and, and go out against somebody and play at the top level. Um, they lost the first the first period cost them last night. And uh, you know they got better in the third. They kind of they gave it all they could in the third period, but it just wasn't enough. Evander Kane had a field day, and, uh, and so it was you know, but up uh, with a with a hat trick, and uh, it just it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough in the third period last night. And this this is a long, grueling road trip, and it's going to be interesting to see how they ended up. So, Guy, let me let me try it this way, and then we'll end it. I feel like I know quite a bit about this ownership group because they stepped in and bought the team right after we did the rally in 07. They have been completely hands-off on David Poyle. They have basically said, you're the hockey guy. We don't know anything. We don't cross into that line. However, there now is a Haslam in the mix and brother Haslam in Cleveland has never had any problem butting in, even though he's been a total disaster with the Browns. Right. Do you see this Haslam involved with the Predators forcing the issue more in the next week or two if this continues? I, know, I talked with an owner yesterday at Joe Biddle's funeral, uh, and I didn't get what I, I didn't sense that. I didn't sense that the ownership's going to get all that involved right now with what's going on with it. But I think if ticket sales drop, and you know, it's not the season ticket crowd they used to be, you know, in the past few years. And uh, you know, but I think if the ticket sales continue to drop and people just don't start showing up, uh, you know, I think that you know, the, I think there will be they'll have they'll be forced to do something. But I'm not sure it all lands in David Poole's lap. I mean, David's worked with what he has to work with, and the guy's one. The guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, when he re, you know, soon after he retires, he's going to be a member of the Hall of Fame. He's going to join his dad, Bud Poyle, in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, oh, I think I'm aiming this so, more at does a Haslam say Heinz has got to go? Well, I think that's the thing. I think that I think, but I didn't sense that either. Talking to somebody to one of the owners yesterday. Yeah. But uh, I, but I think that that's where you you've got to sit down and say, you know, I think it was who was it? Oh, Doug Dickey, I think said this one. I said, don't ever hire anybody you can't fire. Oh, that's so, pleasant. 
So, no. Keith, thank you, Watson. Remember that in the future. Uh, yeah, I need to. I needed to learn that one way back when. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Doug Dickey said. I believe that's right. Uh, but uh, oh, I saw my buddy John English on there today. Yes. Yes. Good deal, John. He, I'll give him a free plug. If you a sports fan, you go down there on Saturday morning when he's there and listen to the stories he's got to tell and look at what he's got. There's a huge collection of stuff. Yeah, it, it is big time. I've been down there. Gee, yeah, it's a monster collection. Thank you as always. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Mark McGee yeah. talking Preds, and we thank him for taking the time to join us after the break. The NFL trade line, uh, trade line, the trade deadline. Why was that so hard to say? The trade deadline has come and gone. Now what? Well, we'll talk about it next on Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. 
Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. So the NFL trade deadline has come and gone, and Watson, to me, it's left more questions than it has answers. I want to start in Green Bay, where as long as you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, doesn't it have to be win-now mode? And given the fact that he's got no wide receivers at all, what do you make of their unwillingness to go get him any help? personally, I think it tells me they don't think they win now. They don't have enough there to win now. And uh, bringing in one guy here or there is not going to fix it. Makes me wonder about Aaron Rodgers next year. Does, okay. he hang, does he hang around because this looks to me like it's going to take a while to fix. Okay. Let's get to that because that was going to be item number two in all of this. If this slide continues, and I don't know whether it does or not, that they played very hard in the second half in Buffalo. Yeah, they did. Which which should be encouraging that there is still some level of life and pride and whatever. But if the slide continues, doesn't Aaron Rodgers have to go in and say, hey, let's talk about where this is headed because I'm not in for a rebuild, and I don't think y'all are either. And if it is a rebuild, I think they would be with him on, yeah, let's let's make a trade here or whatever. And I'm not sure what it is. Is it free agency or is it trade with him? I, how many years has he got left? Uh, he'd be he a good trade. Several at, at a pretty hefty price. Well, he would be a pretty good trade person then. Somebody grab him to win now and give up quite a bit to get him. Uh, that might be the first way you start rebuilding. Packers just don't look like they used to to me. I don't see the talent on defense. I see no talent at wide receiver. They look kind of slow. I mean, yeah. they look a little bit what I ask about the Preds. Um, you know, the last few years, Packers have been really good and look good, look good on defense. They just don't look it right now to me. Mm-mm. So – Watson, you've got kind of a similar story brewing in Tampa. They don't look very good. Who knows whether they're going to get their act together or not, but it seems to me it goes one of two ways. Brady, without Giselle breathing down his neck, says, I don't want to go out this way. I'm going to play another year. Or he says, look, I get it. It's time. I'm out. And then doesn't Tampa – at that point, looking for a quick fix, want to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes? If they think they're good enough. I mean, they kind of looking a little older to me, too. 
now they've had a lot of injuries there. It, theirs is more injury, I think, than anything else. Um, and Brady is not in this it. What didn't he sign three years? In this, the last year of his, can he go free agent this year? I believe he, he can. Yeah, I think he can. I think this is it, and he could resign, or he could take off and go somewhere else. And uh, I'm I'm one to think this is it. I think Thomas now starting to feel it a little bit that he knows he's not hardly what he's been in the past. I may totally be off my rocker. Let's see when it's all over. But even though with the divorce and everything, I just got a feeling this is going to be it. We'll see. He's got that $300 million TV contract. How long are they going to wait? You know, I mean, I don't know. I just got a feeling this is it. Okay. Let's, let's get really close to home with the Titans. Watson, they almost can't help but win the division. The division is so bad. Yeah. I, I hate using the word default because they have won five in a row. And so they've earned the the opportunity to be at the head of the class. But the fact of it is this team isn't going anywhere. The, the, they'll get in the playoffs as a division winner. They'll host a playoff game. But I'm having a hard time seeing against good people that what they're putting out there right now can compete at the highest levels of January football. I don't see it. Well, it started with me when we, I keep bringing it up, but I think it's huge. It started right. me when they let AJ Brown go. If you're going to, if you're going for the Super Bowl, and, and, and again, maybe they can't, I don't know the in, insides of all this. So maybe they couldn't sign him. Maybe that's impossible for the money he wanted. They couldn't do it. I don't know. But that strike one to me when that happened and now watching him play with the best team in the NFL right now, and he's one of the best players on that team. Oh, he's a beast. He's a beast. And and then we get to this trade deadline, and I thought receiver, offensive lineman, a tackle, and a really good wide out would be something we would really look into that might put us back up to where we might get back up there where we feel a little better about it, George. And they didn't do that. I didn't. I don't know that cap space had that much to do with it because we might be able to trade a good player. What I thought we would do is, I'm not sure. I thought they wouldn't trade Hooper. They wouldn't trade. They are deep in the defensive line, really deep. And maybe a guy or two of those kind of was on a trade block a little bit to bring in a really good receiver or a really good offensive tackle. And we we didn't do either, which tells me they know they're going to be in the playoffs. They they know it would be unbelievable if they don't get there. They think they're good enough. More power to them. They know the insides a lot better than I do. All I can do is look at it on the outside and give my opinions, as me and you do. Um, we don't know the insides like they do. I hope they're right. I hope they're right in what they're doing, and they think they can win some games in the playoffs. Because the whole thought you to me see is that? playoffs, getting we're there. How many can we what? win? Do you see got? that though? No, sir, I don't. I, I told you, I, I I don't see it at all. I don't see making it out of the first round unless the first round is just a, not a very good team in the wild card. And I, well, we wouldn't even catch the wild card, right? 
It depends well, on where. Wait. Well, we could because our record may be pretty good with the division we're in. Yeah. So depends on who we play to even win the first round. Um, I just I don't see how something's got to change in passing the football, George. Pass protection and who we're throwing it to has got to change over what we've seen in these first seven games. Yeah, you can't win with eighty to hundred yards of passing. You just—it's not 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 when we get people. into the playoffs. Yeah, we'll win our share of games doing what we're doing. I think he will. Mike has an unbelievable knack of figuring out ways to win games, and he, and he figures them out. He does. Give him credit. I mean, we've had a five-game run here that they've not been very good, but he figured out how to win them. He won all five of them, and. Um, I just, I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't like being devil's advocate here, but I just don't see a good enough passing game to take us very far. What do you think's going on in Cincinnati? I watched them Monday night. They were pathetic. They're injury, George. They've they're loaded. You really study the Bengals. They've got a bunch of people out, and it's not the right people. I mean, when you take Chase out of there as the wide receiver now. That really hurts. And uh, they're, they're just beat to a pulp. And so so are the Bucks. That's why – and the Bucks aren't in a great division either now. The Falcons, uh, very average team. We, we know what Charlotte is. I mean, so watch out. The Bucks could get healthy. This is the way they won the Super Bowl. You remember they were just a little over 500, George. And then they get in and made the run because they got healthy at the end of the year. I still think the Bucs are very, very talented. Gosh, could we use one of their wide receivers? If we had Evans, Godwin, any one of those guys, what what would we be? Um, so I look out for the Bucs, and I wouldn't give up on the Bengals yet either because that division's not great. Baltimore's nothing great right now. Pittsburgh's struggling. Cleveland. I mean, the Bengals could steal. The NFL to me right now, I'm jumping around on you too much, I know, but no, that's it, just okay. looks, it just looks average to me. George. Oh, it looks – the product looks as bad as it's looked in a long time. We want to talk about us, but if we're going to play Pittsburgh, we got a shot at them. Sure. If we're going to play Baltimore, we got a shot at them. If we're going to play Charlotte, we got a shot at them. If we're going to play the Falcons. We can play with them. I mean, there's teams out there just that maybe are a little bit like us, but Mike's figured out a way to win with what he's got. Look, there's no doubt Vrabel can coach football. Ah. That that's that's a given in this. There's some other things, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure of. So, in your mind right now. Who are the two or three teams that you think have the best shot of winning it all? I know you're going to say Buffalo, correct? Buffalo and Kansas City look to me like just – In the AFC. In the AFC, they're head and shoulders above everybody. Uh, in the NFC, I still think it's injured teams. I, I'm going San Francisco. I really like that team, especially since they added the big running back, man. I mean, that kid – McCaffrey can make play after play in a lot of ways. Oh, man, I love watching him play. 
And I'm still, I still think it's the Bucks. I think they're going to flounder around here and hang around 500. And I think the Bucks will show up in the end and win that division. They'll end up winning it. And those are the, those are still my two teams. That's the top four, I think. Last question. Where's Odell Beckham Jr. sign? Seems like he's a wild card. Uh, through. What do you think? I, I'm not sh- I would have said Rams, but they're playing poor. And I don't yeah. think Odell goes anywhere. When he gets healthy and he's ready to play, I think he wants to go to one that's got a chance to win it. He tasted that last year by doing it. And uh, I still got – I still think the Bucks are around for some reason. I do. Uh, I don't know. But I don't think he goes to one that he don't think ha- doesn't have a shot at, at winning this thing. Hang there'll be a the bunch Titans. of people shoot at him. Would he? Would he consider the Titans? Would he consider the Titans? Can the Titans afford him? Can with their cap numbers? Can they? Can they even sign him? I don't know. I don't know enough of the insides. We'll but ask. Man, we would be we'll talking ask. about the Titans in a different way if Odell Beckham here in three weeks showed up in Nashville. We'll ask Terry that question tomorrow. Watson, you hang around because plaster bet of the day tonight is very important. I will stay right here. I know you breathlessly await it. Let's say hello to Brian Stewart, who joins us. What is, What do we got there? Well, What's this is just the hat. Yeah, I'm, I've been out at uh, Jolton today, had a um, – the, my auction team that you guys met the other day, we were out at uh, in Jolton getting the house ready. We got a bunch of personal items that are going to be uh, auctioned off personal property and all that. So, just getting everything ready for the nineteenth. It'll be our first auction here. We're excited. Oh, I, I love the the auctioneers, the ones who are really good. They they are amazing. I don't know how they do it. Well, I, I don't know how they do it either, George. And I'm very happy that we have Barry here uh, that's going to be doing our auctions for us. I and, bet you are. Yeah, because if you get me up there, nobody is going to show up. I'm telling you now, nobody. So I'm I'm very excited. Uh, we've got, you know, it, it, this house is going to be a it's a it's a very nice house to be auctioned off. There's we're even going to have a car that has title with it that we're going to auction and has two acres and then all this personal property. It's going to be a, it's going to be a big deal in Jolton here coming up. Tell me what else is going on in your business. Oh, uh, you know, like I've told, like I've told you before, George, it's uh, you know, the big thing is, is just keeping up with all these uh, changes in the market as far as interest rates go and, and trying to find, trying to find these buyers and get them out there and get them looking at homes again. Um, I think the initial shock of uh, the the interest rates going up has kind of started wearing off a little bit. And I think you're starting to see some more buyers. I, I'm noticing every file, that every deal that, ca- that comes through the office is a, in a file and it comes across my desk for me to kind of double check and make sure paperwork's in there. So I'm, I'm seeing more and more files coming across the desk than I have in the past couple months. Uh, so I am seeing an increase in in sales and everything. I think buyers are realizing, Hey, uh, a higher interest rate is not something that you have to stick with for a long period of time. You can always refinance if that market drops, uh, if the rates drop down. So, you know, it, it's, 
it's just a matter of is a buyer willing to move? Uh, do they have a legitimate reason to move into a new house? You know, and I've told you before, uh, a lot of reasons that people move or two of the main reasons that people move is because they need more square footage or they need less square footage. Uh, their families have gotten larger or their kids and family have gone off to live somewhere else. So, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a something that's always a need is housing. So that's what we do every day as we are keeping our finger on the pulse and making sure that we understand all the changes that are coming. Brian, appreciate it as always. You have a good evening. Hey, George, real quick, I wanted to, to give you a shout out. Um, I, I was invited uh, anonymously <laughs> by somebody that called me yesterday uh, to be a part of this. Uh, I guess you could call it the bowling extravaganza. The Plaster and, and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and me personally, I just love saying the word extravaganza. I think it's, I think it brings a whole lot of people to the table. Everybody gets excited when there's an extravaganza going on. Uh, but I am super excited about being a part of this. And I hope some of the other folks that are listening to this, that they get involved in one way or the other. Uh, I know we're going to have a team and we're ready to get out there and have some fun with you guys and raise more importantly, raise a lot of money for a good worthwhile cause. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Hey, George, have a good day. I know with the games coming up this weekend and everything, I got to know from Watson, gut, just gut reaction. Is Tennessee going to beat Georgia? I don't feel I, I not to go against you on this one. I thought for sure they beat Alabama uh, just cause they're home. It, it just, it led to them. They were loose. Alabama had the pressure on them. When Tennessee got named number one, Brian, I think that put the ball back. I think that'll loosen Georgia up and they'll say, oh, they don't have us one. Let's go knock these guys off. I think that'll change their total attitude about the game. I'm not going to – that one's too hard for me to pick right now. If I had to just pick it today, I'm, I'd have to pick Georgia, I think. Ooh, there, George, is that a bucket? Is that a, no, that's not a book it by me. Doesn't sound like it. That ain't no book it by me at all. Only one I'll book it, big boy, is Alabama will beat LSU. Sadly, Ooh, that's, that's what I like to hear. There we go. That's going to happen. Book it, Watson. That sounded like a suck up. That one I'll book it for you. Brian, see you tomorrow. All right, bye bye. We'll go to the break. I'll get the computer out because I know we're getting close to the magic number. Plaster Bet of the Day is coming up next. Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. 
Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. The high school football season is here and nobody handles Friday nights better than Main Street Media. Here's Zach Womble with details. That's the name of the game here at Main Street Media and Main Street Preps. It's, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now and I think you hit on it. We've got an army of reporters across all of Middle Tennessee. I think there's about 130 schools uh, in the Middle Tennessee area and we cover, we try to cover all of them. We cover about 11, 12 counties at this point. And uh, yeah, those those Friday night shows, it's you know we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show that off. We're gonna showcase the talent that we have on the field with with reporters across several mid-state games on the weekly basis. So you know whether you're in Williamson County, whether you're in Giles County or Murray County or Montgomery or Robertson or anywhere in between, we're gonna have you covered from six to eleven. Friday Night Live is presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office where fans don't let fans drive drunk. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Titans Drum and Bugle Corps has arrived, and so has Plaster's Bet of the Day, sponsored by Bar Durham Injury Law. They have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to Bart Durham. Dot com. All right, George, let's take a look at how last night went for you. Let's see here. Look at that. 62 and 63 now. So you are one game away from 500. What's that calculation, George? Watson, it's 49.6%. There you go, boy. Good. Mm, 
four yeah. what do they call that four uh des not decibels but what is the 0.4 away 0.4 yeah right. there's a that's term what's i forgot about it tonight it's a big night big night yeah big night i I'm I'm can sure only... The gambling community is a flutter, wanting to know what I'm going to do. They're all they're all waiting. Pins and needles, just like me. Watson, we're going the old Northern Illinois Huskies because once you go Mac, you can't ever go back. Northern Illinois over Central Michigan. Do both of those have stadiums on both sides? Uh, barely. Okay. The, the game's at NIU, and I've been there, and it's kind of a dump. It <laughs> is. It, it is. It, it's not. Yeah. But let me say this. The MAC was never known for great stadiums. But, Watson, I think the level of play in that league this year is down some. Yeah, I do too. I agree with you. I watched a little bit of last night's games, and really nobody looked very good to me. No. No, in Buffalo – which a lot of people thought was the best team in the league. They got hammered uh, on the road. They really were not very good at Ohio. And uh, what was the other game? Kent State. Kent State. Yeah. And they got hammered, best I remember. Yeah. And in that list of bad defenses that we had, uh, they were one of the uh, they were one of the twelve worst. They probably didn't help themselves any last night either. No, they, really they gave didn't. up forty five. Let Let me say this: I th- there's a part of me that wanted to go Phillies until they lose because that home crowd just does not seem to be giving them a chance to lose. They just refuse to let this team lose right now, which I love about the Philly sports crowd. But Watson, I don't know. I just don't think the Astros are going to die this easy. No, they're they're too talented and old for whatever in those four top hitters last night. Gosh, yeah. I, that don't keep happening, I don't think. I think they'll come back tonight. I believe they get swept if they lose tonight. So, Who's pitching tonight? For Javier uh, for Houston and Aaron Nola for Philly. Nola. Nola's been really good. They could use him to hang a curveball or two. Yeah. <laughs> Watson, guess what tomorrow is? What's tomorrow, George? Tell me. I know what you're going to say, but go ahead and say it anyway. It's underdog picks. It's underdog picks tomorrow. And we're going to find out there's been a change in the standings. And it's a dramatic change. So I take it that that means that you're back in the front runner position again, right? No, you're you're the leader. Oh, am I still the leader? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you deserve to be. You've had an incredibly consistent season. You have established a standard of excellence that, I mean, nobody can really deny. Underdog picks. You have been. They have never seen a season. This is getting real deep here. You have been what I would consider the gold standard. (laughs) The Alabama of underdog picks. But I got news for you. Daddy's chasing you. you daddy, Daddy's chasing me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're no longer sitting on zero. Oh, and you're your first pick. So that'll be interesting to see who you pick. You got well, another I one? So. I don't think that's true. What did what, you say? Yeah, your first pick. You were fourth last week. 
Oh, I picked first last week. That's oh, a little, little bit of added pressure on George yeah. this week. I, have you got another one? Of you, I'll give you credit now. I'm not. I get well, on I'm you all the time, that. but your last two picks have been. You you you've done good with those now. I, the Liberty one, okay, I could see that one. But North Texas, I said, who are they playing? Are you picking North Texas? Who are they playing? They were playing Western Kentucky, but they Watch killed them. Let me so, tell you I mean, why. Give me credit. Your last two, and they were big points. So. Yeah, ten and a half. Let me tell you why I took them. Because Texas San Antonio, I think, is the best team in that league. Yeah, they are. And I agree with that. It took a miracle finish at home for them to beat North Texas the week before. Uh, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what's going on at North Texas, but whoever that guy is, they're a lot better. Yeah, I think they're in the top ten in the country in offense too. So they they must be real good on offense. So is good, an old good, school good of pick, yours. my man. Yeah. Hey. So is an old pick. school of yours, Rice. Oh, and did, did they? How about if somebody took Charlotte last week? Yeah. Eighteen points. Wow. 18 points, and Charlotte knocks off Rice and beats them bad. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Should, well, you took, you did good. Yeah. You did good. We'll, uh, we'll pick up the hostilities tomorrow. Watson, you behave until then. I'll see you tomorrow, guys. Nice to see your faces today, by the way. It was. Yeah. It was nice to see yours. That's a good-looking shirt yeah. you got. Yeah, my blonde hair looks nice. Doesn't it? Looks good. You guys going to tell each really other good. what polos to wear tomorrow, too? I'll I'll uh, I'll check with you so you can tell me what okay. he's got on and, and I'll put it on. I may go with green for money. You going for <laughs> Watson? Do not let him catch you. Oh, hey! <laughs> when he pulls the rabbits out of the hat, he's pulled the last couple Ooh. of weeks now. I, thank goodness that thank goodness he's been awful for about six or seven oh. weeks in a row. So. Oh yeah, rancid, Billy. <laughs> Behave. George, I'll try. We'll see all of you tomorrow. This is Main Street Media Television.